This is in response to a message posted by Derek, who said that he's looking for ideas on how to prevent students from dropping out during the current crisis. All right, so I could tell by his tone of the message that he was feeling a little bit anxious and somewhat concerned that he was going to keep losing students. He mentioned how in normal times he was able to offer a lot more value to his students by doing extracurricular activities like workshops and performance work. I sensed he was concerned that without the added value of these workshops and performance, etc., that the students may question the value of the online lessons. So here's what I want to say to Derek to, to try and help. I, I, I do understand how he's feeling and I know that even though this particular crisis is something new and something different to what we've experienced certainly in my lifetime, it's not unusual to go through some kind of crisis. There's always situations that we're going to face. I would say that every 10 years something happens in the world or something happens in your neighborhood that causes a, a, a major disruption to the way that you do things. So there's there's a way to kind of handle this but what I'm going to do is just go through some what I believe are, are, are timely lessons that you can take away right now. So so here's my response to Derek. Okay, that was a great video, Derek, and thank you for sharing. What I'm about to say may feel counterintuitive at first, but please bear with me. A lesson that I learned from the great John Wooden, he, if you don't know him, he's the legendary UCLA coach, unbelievable record. Uh, of coaching, uh, you can look him up online. Um, but the lesson that I got from him was to ignore the scoreboard and focus on sticking to the fundamentals. So he basically told his players, uh, and he meant this by the way, that he didn't care if they won or lost the game. He was all about the the way that you go about your practice. So. So what he, what, he, what he cared about was the practice. He cared about what happened between the games. So Wooden knew the games would sort themselves out if the players kept developing the fundamental skills of the game, not the fancy trick shots or, or working out all these different plays that would somehow catch out the other team off guard, but the basic fundamentals of the game. Now, I'm not a basketball player, as any of you who've seen my video would know. Um, I So I'm not an expert on basketball, but... What I would assume is that skills such as dribbling, running, passing, shooting, and maybe defending, they would be what I would consider to be some of the fundamentals. Now, Wooden knew that if his players could develop these fundamental skills, there would be less errors, and less errors would result in a higher probability of not losing, which is exactly what he did. He had some unbelievable run of 88 games in a row in in, in a, a... a tournament, if you like, a basketball tournament where winning winning even three or four games in a row was was considered a winning streak and 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 unusual. Where he he managed to his team managed to win eighty eight games in a row. And you have to keep in mind that this is college level basketball, so these players are changing every few years. So it, the coach has to be behind a lot of that. All right. So the next advice is comes from Simon Sinek who basically warns us of manipulations in business. Now if you don't know Simon Sinek, his name is spelled S I N E K, definitely look him up. He has uh, he's written a, a few really good books that are definitely worth reading. So manipulations are basically any tricks that we use to keep customers that are not that are not actually solving the problem our customers want solved. 
It could be discounts, two for one offers, prizes, bonuses, like a free set of steak knives, etc. So remember that what we're offering or what the problem that students want solved is how can I play the songs? What what's what's the best way to do that? My problem problem is that I can't play what it is that I want to be able to play on guitar. I can't do what it is that I want to do. And for for different people, that's different things. It may be a song for one person. It may be a, a, a solo, guitar solo. It may be a certain style of playing. It may be to be able to write music. So different people have different things. And that's why the, the G4 program is based on the fundamentals that they need to know, no matter what of what choice they are trying to make or which direction they're heading with their music, they still need to be able to play, to, to pick, to play chords, to play scales, arpeggios, etc. It all is part of it. So here's my point. Wooden talked about the fundamentals, saying that it's better to focus on the fundamentals than to be worrying about the scoreboard all the time. So what is the scoreboard for us? The scoreboard for us are the number of students we have. If you've got 10 students, that's your score. If you've got 20 students, that's your score. That's a reflection of how well your business is doing in, in, in pure business terms. So Wooden would say, forget about that. Forget about how many students you've got. Stop focusing on the score and focus on the way that you're doing business. So in in what are the fundament, fundamentals of what we do? Well, number one is teaching, of course. And then I would put after that marketing and sales. They're really the three main fundamentals. You do have other areas such as accounting and business planning. Uh, you know, the, the, there are other elements to to your business playing guitar of course is a, a fundamental skill as well in in what we do but they're the three that i would focus on now because i assume you can already play guitar anyone who's listening to this as a teacher i assume you've spent a number of years learning how to play guitar so and, and you're probably not stopping there i'm sure that you continue to develop your guitar playing if not daily uh you know weekly uh, I, i'm sure that you, you're doing regular practice and the same has to apply to the fundamentals of your teaching of your business which is teaching marketing and sales you need to be developing those fundamentals so Derek right now you need to focus on your teaching first and marketing and sales second and so don't get anxious about your students dropping out and remember you're looking at the scoreboard instead ask yourself why they might drop out Look at students who have already dropped out. Study your game and work on your skills as a teacher. Take the opportunity to video your lessons in this current environment and go back over them. This is this is basically what great sports players do. They watch back every game and literally study it play by play, often sitting there with their coach and maybe a few other key players. Even sometimes they bring in other specialists to, to help them to analyze it. Um, they, they, they're basically looking for any small detail that they can improve on. Offering more should only be done if it actually helps to improve student outcomes. But in many cases, it won't. Let me give you an example. Think of a restaurant. We can only eat so much in one sitting. If the restaurant keeps adding more food to our plates for the same price, there is a point where the extra food is of no benefit to the customer and may actually be detrimental. If I watch out, sorry, if I walk out of a restaurant feeling bloated, even if the food tasted great, my memory of that experience becomes a negative one. The restaurant should instead focus on improving the fundamentals, that being, of course, quality of the food and service. 
Um, more is actually rarely the answer, but more is what most people jump to in business. They think if I offer more, the, the, in, in other words, if I use a manipulation, it will it will get me more business. Now, it does in many cases, right? When you offer a, a manipulation, if you think about it, there's two restaurants next to each other, and one restaurant says two for one tonight, and the other restaurant doesn't say anything other than quality food and service. And you will look at those two restaurants and you'll say, well, you know, you might be there with your partner and you say, look, these guys are offering a two for one. We can we can save. This is only going to be half the price of this one. Let's go for the two for one. That works, right? It's a fact that that works, but it doesn't work long term. What you, what you find is long term, it's the restaurant that offers the quality food and service that will still be in business in five years, 10 years, because restaurants that are, or any business for that matter, that's offering manipulations is generally going to find themselves in trouble after a while because it's the they rely on the manipulations to keep the business moving. But eventually those manipulations wear out. They don't work anymore. They don't hold customers. You hold customers through the quality of what you do. You win through quality, not through quantity. And I, th I think that's important to remember when you're thinking about how can I get more students in, stick to the, the, the basics of marketing. In other words, the, the ads, the flyers, and so forth that we do. And with each new client, each new customer, student that comes in, look at improving the quality and the service of what you offer so you get better and better at it. So they're, they're less likely to drop out, not because of manipulations, but because of the quality of what you offer, because you're solving their problem better than anyone else can, better than, better than any other solution. We are not only competing with other guitar teachers in your area, you are also competing with, first of all, online options, such as students watching YouTube videos, uh, you know, all these member sites that they can join for, for a fraction of the price that, that we charge. So you need to be the best solution for them. It's got to be better than what they're getting out there, but you're not gonna do it through offering more because there's so much on the internet. If you, if, if you wanna offer more, let me use another example. I've seen teachers who, who look at making videos, for example, and say, okay, if I make lots of videos, then I'm going to be able to offer my students uh, more. Now, I'm not saying that's not a good thing, by the way. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not critical of those teachers who are offering videos, but those videos need to supplement or complement what you're teaching. They need to be a, a tool, not a manipulation, if that makes sense. You can't use it as a kind of a selling point. What you need to do, it, it needs to be a way of enhancing the experience for the student in terms of their learning, something that they can refer to when they're not in their lesson. So it has to be, those, those videos have to be about improving the quality of their experience, not the quantity, if that makes sense. Because there are, there are a million, hundred million videos out there now of people teaching guitar. So they don't need more quantity of, in terms of videos. What they're looking for is the quality of the experience. Okay, so here is a breakdown of what I recommend. There are three things here that I'm going to recommend for you. And if you take these things, I think that you'll find that you're, that even if you keep losing students and student, students are dropping out, even if that keeps happening for a while, 
don't worry about it. Remember, that's the scoreboard. Know that by improving the quality of what you do and studying your game, that you're going to get better and better at it. So number one of the three, record your lessons and watch them back, noting down areas where you can improve. See yourself as a performer and look for ways to improve your performance and to enhance the experience for your students. It could be by way of engaging your students. It could be the way, the certain words that you use or phrases that you notice them responding to or not responding to, certain ways that you present, certain eye contact, facial expressions, etc. There are lots of things you can do. It could even be the color of the shirt you're wearing. It could be the, the background that you're working with. It could be the lighting. There's, there's all these elements that you can look at to improve your performance and to improve it for the student. Now, the successful kids' TV shows like Sesame Street and Blue's Clues, they hired child psychologists to help them improve their content. What they would do is sit down a group of students in front of the, to watch each episode, and then they would take notes of the exact moments the kids were most engaged. This helped them to understand what content to create for new episodes or even to edit the current episodes. So what they might do, for an example, is, is say, okay, kids, Here's a half an hour show, sit down and watch it, bang, and they, they notice what the kids respond to. And then what they do is they they, they say, okay, this this is how it, how it went. These moments, they were, they were uninterested, so let's get rid of those. These are the ones that they really liked. What is it about those moments they liked? Is there something that we can learn from that? And then they would take that away and they would go, okay, we're going to edit it or we're going to add some new content, etc., and come back and show the kids the next uh, iteration and then see what happens and see if that improves it, see how it goes, etc. Now, that also, and I can tell you that they did the same thing with the movie Frozen. The the first Frozen movie was was done in such a way that the end result was almost completely different from what the initial uh, presentation was to the, the people of Hollywood or, or, or the big names, big wigs in, in the business, I should say, the big wigs who were making the decisions, they looked at this and they they were able to say to themselves that, well, sorry, they were able to say to the, the creators of the, of the Frozen movie, no, we don't like that, we don't like that, we don't like that. In fact, the first, I think the first time they saw it, they thought, no, we don't like it at all. It's not engaging. There's really not much there. This is not going to work. Uh, you guys need to go away and redo this from scratch. And they came back many, many, many times. Um, and they even right up to the, the very last scene, they edited it literally just weeks before the, the movie was released. And that was indicative of how they kept going back over it and over and again to find how they could improve it. And even now, I'm sure they could go back and watch it again and come up with a bunch of improvements to to make it even better based on the public response to the movie. What were the parts that people liked? What were the parts that were boring? And that's probably where Frozen 2 it picks up on it um, because my daughter recently saw that. I haven't seen it, but she recently saw it and she said it was fantastic. She loved it, right? So obviously they know what they're doing and they're doing this by looking at themselves, going back and reviewing their work and improving on it. They didn't make the movie longer, okay? So they didn't offer more. They didn't say, oh, we're gonna make the movie three hours long because now we can give them more. No, they keep the second movie. I'm, I'm pretty sure, I haven't looked at it, but I'm sure it's roughly the same length as the first movie and they've just improved the quality, all right? And so even with the first movie, right, the iterations, they weren't lengthening the movie. They were making the quality of it better. Sometimes it's even better to make a shorter movie 
that is of a higher quality. All right, so number two on that point, be careful about offering more. As with the restaurant example, more is generally not the solution. It's almost always a manipulation. I'm not saying you can't offer more at times by doing an occasional workshop, but more is unlikely to reduce dropouts. Focus on improving your teaching so that the weekly lesson is the highlight of the student's week and it inspires them to practice throughout the week, that it becomes this you know, moment or, or, or half an hour of their week that they just can't wait to get to, that they're just busting to, to be able to, to show you what they practice and to, to participate in your classes. Make your classes exciting. And this is, this is the whole reason I went for the group concept because I didn't want to be teaching 40 or 50 hours a week to, because I, I can't deliver on a high level for that long. It's exhausting. All right. What I can do is deliver over a much shorter period. If, if you if you say that I have to teach for 10 hours a week or 15 hours a week, I can deliver at a high level for that period of time. And I can use the rest of the time to prepare for that and to improve, to review what can I get better. And that's what I was doing. I was looking at how can I improve my teaching? How can I improve the the each you know the, the method itself what are the what, what can i do to make sure that the next week is going to be even better so that was what i was really looking at now number three is to speak to parents parents are often the decision makers they also provide valuable feedback on how you can improve for example if a mother was to say to her child uh that their child sorry if a mother was to say her child seems frustrated at times or has to be reminded to practice, you can investigate that further. Try speaking to the student to find out why they are frustrated or unmotivated. Remember, this is about looking for clues as to how you can improve as a teacher. Yes, you want to help your student, that particular student, but you're also learning how to help the rest of your students and future students. It's mostly about improving your teaching and not so much about helping that particular individual student. You're trying to get learn. Go back to the, the Sesame Street Blues Clues. When they were making those shows and they had you know 20 or 30 kids there watching it, they weren't thinking about, we want to make this the best possible experience for these 20 or 30 kids. What they were thinking about is how can we make it the best possible experience for all kids who are going to be watching this show out there. So that's what you're trying to do is you're trying to improve the production of your performance so that your audience become more engaged. They're more likely to tell friends and rave about you and be excited about your next episode. So do what it takes to improve the quality of what you're doing and forget about trying to you know, increase the quantity of what you you. That's the, the basic message here. Focus on making your 30-minute classes the best, most amazing 30 minutes of your students' week. Okay, I hope that helps. If, if Look, if you've got any questions or want to add anything to that, let me know. Just, just remember those three things. If nothing else, remember the three things. Record your lessons. Be careful about offering more and speak to parents. Hope that helps. Thanks, guys.